Today we have a very special person with us. His name is Laurent Ellerbach. He's originally from France. Here I'm trying to speak my, uh, raise up my, my French level. Graduated from Arts and Metier, where he has a master in science and engineering. Then he made a second one in marketing, combining two incredible crafts. He has been at Microsoft for more than 20 years. He loves both technologies and marketing and always been doing both in his job. All his career, he was either a marketing person with a technical hobby or either the opposite. He is now principal software engineering manager for a broad region in Europe, Middle East, and Africa. He's also a big fan of Lego. He owns hundreds of kilos of Lego and thousands of official Lego sets. He's a Lego serious play facilitator. He always mixes his passions and his work, so today we're going to know him better. Laurent. Welcome to the podcast series, Path to Principal. In this space, we want to know more about you and how you got into IT and becoming a principal engineering manager. I would like to start asking to introduce yourself. Well, thank you, uh, uh, John Lutzer. Um, well, I mean, you perfectly summarized uh, my, my career, so it's hard to add uh, anything. Uh, maybe a few things, and I guess during the discussion we'll discover more, is that I've always been doing you know, a lot of things in parallel at Microsoft, and I've always been in the middle of technical and marketing roles, which I, I really like, sometimes a bit more on one side, sometimes like now, you know, much more on engineering, for example. Um, and uh, and when you look at my career, it's, it's clear that at some point, you know, I was like a lot in marketing. And then six years ago, I decided like to really move much, much more in, in uh, software engineering. And especially when uh, we had uh, uh, Satya Nadella, um, who become, you know, the new CEO of, of Microsoft that really inspired me. Um, mm -hmm. And... And you, you, you said it, I mean, perfectly in the intro is I, I really love uh, the soft skills and developing people. Yes, I'm a huge fan of Lego. Yes, I have like a lot of Legos. Uh, and because I, 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 I do love both and there is a good methodology. I mean, it's really actually, it's a great methodology called Lego Science Play, which I've been going through to become a facilitator. And I've been using it at Microsoft. I've been building a lot of uh, uh, internal workshop. And recently, I've been building one on diversity and inclusion. Um, I'm sure we'll be able to post, you know, um, a link um, somewhere. And um, and then, you know, people will be able to uh, to uh, to have more details on that. Most likely, you know, we can discuss that as well in the um, in the interview. Uh, just, you know, because of COVID, um, this, those workshop has been paused. Uh, because that's physical workshop where you have to build all together. Uh, but mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure it will uh, resume soon. So thank you for the, for the thank you. No, thank you, uh, Laurent. And I'm also pretty sure uh, after uh, this whole COVID situation is, is completely passed, uh, all of us will be uh, super happy to check the links uh, to these um, workshops. Uh, for all the listeners, all, all the links will be posted on the description. And such an amazing experience, Laurent. Uh, tell us what made you seek the sciences and technology career plus the marketing mix. As you said, this is very niche and interesting. Yes, well, when I started, you know, to do internship and when I started to work in companies, I realized that you had multiple parts in a company. Like you have engineering, of course, but you have the sales, marketing, finance, and, you know, many more departments. And the... What was kind of weird for me is that engineering says like, hey, I want, you know, this link to be blinking and marketing says, no, 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 it has to be, you know, fully light up all the time. And the sales guys would say like, well, we don't need that, you know, who needs that? And finance says, oh, if you can make something that costs two times less, that would be perfect because then we can increase our profit. And I was like, hey, guys, you know, the what you are all trying to do is just sell product to the to the same customer and we all have to work together to make that working and 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 so i say like hmm, most likely you no know, there is something something in the between you know to, to make everyone uh, communicating better to each other and understanding each other and and understanding that really you know the core part is the customer and what you build is really around that and 
And, and I discover marketing, I have to say quite late, I always like engineering and I was a geek when I was younger, I always been coding. And, uh, and I discover basically marketing when I was in, in, in RZ Métier, uh, doing my master degree. And I was uh, part of the people organizing the large parties and, um, and all those mm -hmm. kind of uh, celebrations for students. And you need, you know, to promote the event, to find the best price for the entrance, for the food, for the drinks. Um, do the promotion on the radio, you know, make posters, stuff like that. And I found that very interesting. And I was, you know, um, uh, finding this marketing stuff and thinking of the internship and the work I was doing in companies. And I say, okay, I'm quite young. Uh, let's, you know, be crazy and do some marketing uh, um, after my engineering studies. Uh, and that's how I basically went to marketing. <laughs> Super interesting, Laurent. I'm imagining you right now sending sending invites to to those parties with with some coding in the back. Yes. <laughs> very very interesting that that you got this this uh, mix of ideas. I think it brings a lot of value to to our engineering community. Now moving forward, uh, at Global we're passionate about technology and business, and we value a lot principal engineers and managers that have this mindset. What made you take this step towards the engineering and marketing side? Not, not just about your, your first times when you discovered marketing, but more more within the career. Yeah, it's just the thing which was very interesting at the beginning of my career is that I was, you know, in this uh, mixed environment, always targeting technical people, developers, IT, who are always, you know, early adopters of those technologies. And so I, I had the chance to be able to, to do things on digital marketing, Um, of course, then later on, with explosion of of tons of technology and the cloud, and and it's it's been great because I was able to experience and experiment with all of that and play with all of that. Uh, I you know I launched some of the first live uh, conference on streaming, and I did like uh, marketing profiling with and as well like community engagement, social media campaigns at the very beginning of the of social media and and basically you know all what is around digital marketing so i was it it was very interesting for me um, especially in a technical environment speaking to developers and it people because they were my 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 target audience and and as well student technical students you know they are always early adopters of everything and i had the chance as well to be able to to co-create and 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 create programs like the imagine cup for students Um, as well as as being able to give free uh, software to students, free Microsoft software to students and on official programs. I mean, now you know all students know that they can get you know all tons of 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 development software from free from Microsoft. But there was a time where it's, it was not the case. So I've been working on all of that, um, and I, I think that what what is interesting in in my career is that I never kind of sell yogurt. I always sell like complicated products to a very technical population. So I never left the, um, um, the technical um, side uh, uh, having the need to really deeply understand uh, technical products. So I think that's, that's what makes it very interesting for me. I, and I, would, I, I think uh, I would have been very sad if I had just to sell yogurt in terms of marketing because, yeah, I'm a technical guy. I love technologies. And I love, I, I love really to, to, to use them day to day and understand them day to day. That's, that's uh, amazing, uh, Laurent. Here I have first uh, two, two, two things that comes up to my mind. The first one is that if uh, our listeners, of course, will like to know if you will be sharing the link to this free uh, Microsoft uh, software. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It will, be, it will yeah. be really, really nice. And the second one that uh, activates my curiousness is... How do you gain trust, given that you are in the marketing and technical side, right? How, how do you gain trust of engineers and developers and all your clients on the technical side? Sometimes uh, I believe it's, it's a little bit hard to, to find this, this good mix. So what has yeah. been the, the, the challenges to gain this trust with the technical side of clients? Yes, well... I, uh, you know, developers trust developers. So in short, it's, you know, never stop being a developer. It's like, I never stop coding. I always been coding. Um, 
Of course, you know, when you code for yourself, it's not the same as when you code for a company. Um, or if you just code samples and, and code the product that goes in, into production. But it's enough to be able to understand the technology, to understand what it is, to understand how it's working. Um, if, if you look, if I, I mean, as far as I can look back, you know, I, I always been posting, um, I did like when it was fashion blog post and, but before articles, uh, I always been posting uh, some open source code, um, you know, even before GitHub, uh, it was basically right. on my, my blog and, and stuff like that. So I think that, that this, this trust is coming from the fact that you have to be credible. And I was always been speaking to our technical conferences, um, and and you know delivering technical sessions. Um, and I think that 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 is what what is important. Otherwise, yeah, it's it's uh, you cannot be trusted by 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 developers if you are not a developer. I would I would say um, or someone who is really 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 deep into into technologies all up. Totally agree with you, and thank you, Laurent, for for this explanation. I think we we are all clear, and we do believe the same. This is uh, basically speaking the same language. Yeah. Exactly. Now, uh, let's move forward. Tell us about your path to becoming principal engineering manager. Yes. Well, um, I I think that the, one of the key points is that. You don't, you know, you don't become manager because you don't want to become manager. It's like one day you, you just start managing people. I had a chance to be able to create my own team like long, long time ago. Um, and, uh, and people say, I'm a good manager. You know, you cannot say, Oh, I'm a good manager. You know, no, it's like others would say, like, you are a good manager or you're a bad manager. The key point here is to be able to, to listen to people, take the feedback. You're, we know we are humans. We are not perfect. So <laughs> we always have to adjust and to adjust with the people we are managing. But the first point is, yeah, the manager part is, is one side, you know, of, of the, of the, the work. The second part is becoming principal. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about what I, what it's about your question, you know, on trust. It's like, you continue, you gain credibility. Um, you are recognized by your peers, by your colleagues. Uh, by someone who can make a difference uh, on the technical side, but not only, you know, like if you go back to the marketing side, if you're only, you know, excellent on something, but you cannot explain, you don't share, you don't help others to grow, you know, you'll never become principal. Um, principal is about scaling, it's about helping others, it's about, you know, many things like that, um, that, that will help you uh, to, uh, to, get, to get there. So it's, it's kind of association of two things. I like the being the principal engineer and the manager uh, uh, parts. Perfect, super interesting. And let's get a little bit more deep into this because many of our, of our listeners uh, are here for this, right? For yeah. to understand actually uh, how are what are the responsibilities actually of a principal engineering manager. So this is my my question. You you mentioned both. You mean yeah. you mentioned being a principal in the technical side in the management side. Now yeah. let's decouple this into responsibilities. Yep. Absolutely. Which will be those. The, uh, I think the, the there are two things. The the manager coach um, and the principal coach or the principal you know technical person. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the competencies are different. You may have, you know, you may, you may be a great manager, uh, not necessarily, you know, too technical or not necessarily, uh, um, you know, with a lot of experience behind you. I mean, you can be a great manager, you know, very young and not, not being principal. It, it's not correlated, uh, because it's, mm -hmm. again, it's about helping people to grow, um, coordinating things, um, um, helping them to find their way, their careers. Uh, that's 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 about it. The principal part, the principal engineering part, um, um, it's it's um, it's about sharing. It's about finding where you can uh, find the right people. So leveraging others. Um, you don't necessarily need to have you know the answers to everything. The more you grow in, in technology, the more you understand that, you know, you, you don't know much, in fact. Um, mm -hmm. 
Yes, there are areas where you know you start to 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 have a good idea. You can dig very quickly, um, and uh, and that that you know that's that's about it. But it's about as well you know helping, coaching, leveraging, uh, helping the younger to 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 grow. The mm-hmm. the young generation is very different from my generation. I mean, you say yes, I'm for more than 20 years at Microsoft, at 23 years. So you know, I'm more in this in this let's say 45, 50 age range. And when you mm-hmm. see you know, this new generation, like 20, 20 year old coming in the company, they are mm-hmm. very different. And and you know, you need you need to always. Um, understand what they can bring you you have you have to bring them a lot of things and you have to do that with with everyone to be able to understand the new trends the new ways of coding the new frameworks uh, to always learn i think one of the key points if you want to become principal even if you found you know your the one technology you love is that you have to be curious and you have to continue to learn a lot um, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've mentioned as well, you know, in the beginning that I've been working a lot on, on diversity and inclusion. Uh, it's something very important as well for a principal. I've, I've, when I was running a couple of workshops on diversity and inclusion, I realized that, you know, a lot of principal, are, I would say, are not are perceived as, you know, being on their, on their chairs or their, their mountains and looking people, you know, from high, don't considering what they can bring to the equation, don't listening to them, don't don't taking their their feedback, and you know the people feel like oh this is a giant, you know he knows everything, I, I should not you know disturb, and I think it's very wrong as a principle. You should welcome you know everyone, um, take every feedback if it's not you, you know if it's something that is that is obviously not correct, you you, you can help give feedback, a coach point on a couple of things uh, but you should clearly not stay you know in your in your ivory tower and 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 you should go at the same level as everyone and listening to them and helping them grow and and learning from them again the young generation is very different from the older generation so always try to bring everyone's feedback everyone's point of view um, to to grow because you have a lot of things to learn and one day you know you, you may need to jump on a specific technology that is a very young framework and you know a lot of young people knows about that and you'll be super happy to have them and to be able to learn from them um, the coaching part is 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 something important i've mentioned it a few times it's it's manager part but it's as well the principal part it's um, it's really about spending time with the youngest one um, to unlock their potential to help them grow fast um, and, and you know, the more you share, the more you learn as well. It's it's basically uh, how it's working. Or the more you share, the more you earn. Uh, it's it's what is very interesting. There is a concept of uh, reverse mentoring, um, and mm-hmm. I can, I can only recommend to all senior and principal. I mean, people with a lot of experience to experience that. That's very interesting. Um, I have the chance to have like my youngest kid coding a lot. I'm doing that quite often, you know. I say, oh, how do you do that? What's this framework? What's this stuff in Python? You know, how do you play with this AI stuff? Can you explain me? And it's always super interesting. Mm-hmm. Super, super interesting, uh, Laurent. Uh, merci beaucoup. <laughs> this is uh, really useful information. I think uh, all of our listeners will be super happy and about the reverse mentoring uh, as well. Uh, really good approaches about both the technical side and the, the managing side. And uh, now let's move forward. Already as a principal, what has been the most exciting challenge that you had? Oh, that's that's a good question. Uh, you know, it's like every time it's a new challenge, literally every time. I'm working a lot with different customers, so we are we are doing co-engineering, and every time it's a new challenge. So there is a new customer, a new topic, new technologies, uh, new things to learn, and uh, that's always you know a new challenge. It's like you're changing you know work every three, two, four, five, six months, and there is tons of things to learn. And maybe I can I can give you examples like during the COVID, um, we were helping a couple of companies to migrate to to Azure. Uh, our cloud and one of, of this company was a startup and it was about migrating you know the classical ASP.NET application with a SQL database 
um, mm. in, a, in, in Azure. And here it was a lot about deploying the infrastructure and doing those kind of things with uh, what we call ARM templates. Um, mm -hmm. ARM, it's, it's basically JSON file that describes the infrastructure that you can deploy in Azure. And that's the things I really don't like. Like, I don't like networking. I'm, you know, much more on the developer side. I don't like VMs. I don't like the load balancers. I don't like all these things. And, but, uh, you know, I had to do it. Uh, it was for the good cause. I really uh, had to force myself to do it. And I really, you know, learned a lot of things. Like I spent three weeks on building a full uh, infrastructure and not alone with a couple of other people. Um, but uh, but that, 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 that was great. I mean, and I'm super happy I did it. Um, and that was that was really a challenge. I've, I've learned a lot of things. And I think that everyone, you know, should do those kind of things time to time, like something challenging, very outside of your comfort zone uh, to really learn the new things in an accelerated way. Um, and there are, you know, a couple of great projects as well, like like one uh, we did um, before uh, COVID. I mean, it's kind of ended, you know, when when we were uh, locked down, uh, but it was with mm -hmm. AXA Investment uh, Managers. Um, mm -hmm. and, and part of this engagement is published on my GitHub. We can, we can give the, uh, the URL as well. Um, it was to basically replace, um, Logstash. Logstash, it's, it's, uh, it's coming with the Elasticsearch suite. Elasticsearch is basically, mm -hmm. uh, logging infrastructure. Um, so mm -hmm. they wanted to replace stuff they have on prem, uh, and moving everything to Azure. So we've built enough in a full, um, uh, Platform as a service infrastructure in Azure using event hubs, some functions, some notification in Microsoft Teams. And of course, you know, we kept the Elastic Search cluster in Azure. We had a full CI CD pipeline on the back as well to deploy the infrastructure. And we've developed helpers uh, so that the AXA IM developers, uh, whatever the language they are using, can just, you know, update a component and that will automatically use the new system that we've developed compared to the old system that, that they had. And, you know, with everything fully secured and managed, um, with Key Vault and so on. And that, that was a great en engagement as well. I've, I've learned a lot. We were working with a great team in AXA. Um, and that's, that's a, that's a recent one, uh, as well. So every time, you know, um, it's a new challenge. There are a lot of things that, that we, I'm, I'm learning, that my team is learning. Um, and, and that's about it. Um, and, and I can give you, you know, a lot of examples like that. So, but I'll, I'll stop with, with those two ones. On the personal side, maybe I can give you, you know, an, an exciting challenge as well. Uh, it's like a year, a bit more than a year, a year and a half now almost. Um, in .NET Core, so .NET Core, it's a technology that is multi-platform. It's using, for mm -hmm. example, language like C Sharp, and you can, you know, develop on Windows and run your code on Linux or on Mac or vice versa. I mean, any of that. They decided to have a focus on IoT and have a lot of mm -hmm. uh, implementation that will make your life easy if you're C Sharp and .NET Core uh, or .NET developer in general to be able to implement things. And I've, I've been, you know doing a lot of PR there because I love IoT. Uh, so I'm one of their main contributors. And uh, and I've been learning a lot because, you know, I knew, I mean, I thought I, I knew how to develop in C Sharp, which obviously I did. But <clears throat> there is a difference between developing again for a normal project or developing for uh, one of the core um, open source framework that we have at Microsoft, like where, you know, they really build C Sharp and .NET. And, and here I've been learning a lot and, you know, I was discussing with a couple of guys and I said like, why, you know, why do you care about, you know, like there is an extra space here or there is an extra bracket here or yes, I mean, there is, there is a mistake in a, a grammar mistake in the comments, but you know, why do you care about those small things? I mean, they care about larger things as well. I say like, you know, the only thing we are shipping is code. So it has to be perfect. And and this is, you know, how you can raise your bar sometimes. It's like go for projects like that where it's complicated, where people are really focusing on making the code, you know, really great so that you can learn as well. Um, and that, that, that was quite a, quite a challenge, but I'm very proud. You know, I have like 30,000 something lines of code in this framework and I'm one of the main contributors. Uh, getting uh, yeah good discussion on architecture and stuff like that as well with them. Uh, and that, that, that was very interesting. It's, you know, I still participate when I have time. It's more like a 
kind of hobby project, weekend project as well. Sometimes when it can match with my work, I'm very happy. It happens once, uh, but uh, that's the kind of things that as well is uh, is very exciting as a, as a challenge. I, I'm super excited right now just just hearing uh, both projects and also the the, the personal one. Uh, happy clients, the startup and AXA for sure are, are very, very happy. Two, two questions with this. Yeah. The first one will be related to if you have part of this code, the architecture, the helpers, uh, anywhere, yeah. maybe in your GitHub, so our listeners yeah, can sure, check. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I will, I will share the, the URL. We can put it uh, in there. Uh, it's almost everything. We haven't put the CI/CD pipeline because it's very much related to the infrastructure that AXIAM is using. For the rest, the code is as well clean to remove anything which was quite confidential. Uh, the architecture and like, I would say like 50, 60% of the code, I mean, which is really the core part, plus all the helpers mm -hmm. are available and the test for the helpers and things like that. This is, this is amazing. This is uh, what we are also looking here to contribute to the community. Now, Laurent, you were mentioning about uh, delivering a perfect code. <laughs> this yes. is the eternal question that engineers have around the world. Tabs yeah. or spaces? Uh, spaces. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just a, to, yeah. a, a joke. To, to, I know, yeah, I know. Go but I have to say spaces because when I hit tab, it transforms into spaces. So I'm, I'm... <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> Perfect, Laurent. Now, uh, for the future managers and engineers that are listening, can you take us through the definition on focusing on edge cloud, as you are specialized on that, on Azure yeah. technologies, yeah. Uh, helping financial services companies to go through the digital transformation with artificial intelligence and machine learning? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. It's it's not that an easy question, but I like, you know, our Microsoft mission, saying that at Microsoft, our mission is to empower, empower sorry, every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. And I think mm -hmm. it's it's about that. You take a technology like Azure, which which is which is part of it, which gives you know flexibility, cost efficiency, um, secure development for your application, and there is the way as well you can manage things on the edge, which means very very close to where you are running things. You know, if if mm -hmm. you take um, I don't know if you take a factory, you may have you know millions of of sensor that you have to process very close to a machine and then you will send only part of that to the cloud and and the technology we have today you know allows to do those 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 kind of things um, and you can as well you know manage things from the cloud up to the edge and and you can have a mixed model of development having things that that you can reuse from what what you've been doing what is interesting as well for for that is that if you take azure it's super open you know, if you are Linux or Windows, doesn't matter. It does support anything. You love, mm -hmm. I don't know, um, Rust or Go. Um, yeah, it's working. You are C Sharp lover. Yeah, it's working as well. You know, who cares? Um, most, mm -hmm. I mean, almost I think all of our SDKs are fully on GitHub, fully open source. Um, and so we give the opportunity for everyone as well to contribute to open issues if there are problems, but as well to open issues to, to get, you know, new features and to contribute. Uh, if you take, mm -hmm. um, um, so if I was mentioning, you know, .NET Core IoT, I, I really like this, this, this framework. We have about, I think, 50, something like 50 or 60 contributors. There are only mm -hmm. something like, uh, the core team for Microsoft is something like four. If you admit it's five, I'm not really the core one, but it's like five or six. All the rest are free mm -hmm. community contributions. And it's it it does make, you know, a, a great difference. And some contributors, you know, they've been writing like one sentence. It's a few hundred lines. But if someone else needs that, then it's uh, it will help the, you know, the other developers. And, and then you can build, you know, on top of, of the others. And this community work is something that has always been very important for me. Now, if you take developers, how you can, you know, achieve more and how you can get empowered is like with the great tools that we have, take Visual Studio and VS Code. VS Code is now the most used um, editors for developers, all platform mm -hmm. together, Windows, Mac, Linux, and it's just working great. And you have thousands of extensions that really make your life easy. Like, again, like if you're a Go developer or if you're a C-sharp developer or if you're a Python developer, 
you have a lot of things there. Or even you know, you can build your own system there and your own extensions for for your own organization. Um, if you're in finance or if if you are in manufacturing or if you are in, in any kind of organization, it does not uh, really matter. And uh, I know it's a bit more than one sentence. I'm sorry, uh, but um, Don't worry. That's, I think that's that's about what uh, what is uh, <laughs> what is my definition somehow. I like it a lot, uh, Laurent. Uh, actually, from from the human resources side. Uh, knowing this approach and this collaborative way of, of doing things with technology is just amazing. I'm, I'm eager to know a little bit more, <laughs> but uh, let's move forward now. Let's go uh, a little bit more, more technical. What are some common architecture bottlenecks and some possible ways to mitigate against them? Well, you may have bottlenecks everywhere uh, in every design for every architecture. I mean, really everything you do. Um, it's there is not you know it's it's not a question that is super easy to uh, to answer and uh, uh, you take an architecture and then you have to check for them, but there are a few mm -hmm. things you can keep in mind. You know it's like keep it simple, very simple, as simple mm -hmm. as possible, and you'll get you know less problems. The more complexities, the more the more problems you have. The the good news you know with cloud is that it it helps to get simple. Just use platform as a service rather than than using you know VMs and installing everything in, inside there. You know, just use the possibility that in terms of security are offered directly by the cloud. You know, with those long keys and stuff like that, and with the vault that you can store you know your secrets in a place that no human can go. So you know, no human can go, no secret to store. Everything is done fully automatically. So keep it simple. Um, use the cloud design. Um, and use you know this secure stuff that that is provided by by the cloud. There are as well something you know that 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 developer has been doing for years, and they've created patterns and best practices. Just use them. Don't reinvent the wheel. If someone tells you that to do injection, it's working like that because we've done that for millions of times. You can try different ways yourself. You can try to understand why the practice is like that. And the pattern, that's super important because sometimes you can improve. You have to adjust for your needs. That's very important. But use, you know, those, those patterns and practices. Um, that's something as well important. And one other thing, and I've been working with a lot of startups in my life, one of the questions I've been asking them is, okay, now how do you scale? You know, it's like tomorrow you're successful. Uh, let's say you have like 1 million more. How will you scale? And that's the question you have to ask at the beginning, because if you develop a system that will be very hard to develop uh, later on, to scale, sorry, uh, later on, um, then, you know, you, you lose something. So you really have to think about scaling by millions since the beginning, uh, especially again now that we have, you know, a lot of things that are made available with the cloud. And I think this is how you can you can avoid some, uh, some bottleneck. Um, so simplicity... Um, cloud first and embrace the security in the cloud, uh, the patterns and the scalability. I, I think that's for me a couple of elements. There are more, but that's that's the my that's the one I always have, you know, in my uh, in my in my checklist. If it's too complex, I always like say no. Well, let's of redo course. it. Really, really, really good advice, uh, Laurent. Uh, at Global, we are on on this transition from a monolith architecture to microservices. And, and as you say, we try to follow uh, your patterns and, 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 and others, as you, as, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And it's super interesting to understand this because it depends, of course, on the, on the management and leadership that you have. Mm -hmm. But maybe with a strong position on how to scale, there, there will be many startups that will start directly with a microservices architecture instead of a monolith. Or, or what do you think? Yes, sure. It's, it's, right. Yeah, it's it's not just that. It's it's just like um, you know, it's the microservices is just one approach, but it's about splitting the uh, the the different elements, reducing, I would say, the the dependencies between every component. Uh, this is kind of the definition of you. You may argue of of you know this micro uh, architecture, but microservice architecture, but. It's more the philosophy of having things uh, highly decoupled uh, that mm -hmm. can scale individually or scale in groups. Um, 
And yes, it's it's something you have to think at the beginning. Sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. something which is uh, monolithic can scale as well by millions. If it's not doing a lot of things, can scale by millions. You know, it does not necessarily need to be put in parallel or whatever. But most of the time, of course, yes, it's it's about being able to execute things in parallel, being able to uh, um, to have a microservice architecture, but a true one, not not the one where you have a single orchestrator that does not scale. I mean, stuff like that. Mm -hmm, so. mm -hmm. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for for uh, going in depth into into this. Now let's move into management. Yeah. Um, how do you prefer to interact with team members? Like. Describe to us your ideal team. Describe the best team you have worked with, and 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 a time when you had a problem with a coworker, and and what did you make the the relationship work? In in general, describe what what's a good team and a difficult situation. Okay, wow, quite a lot of questions here. Um, <laughs> so, you know, everyone has a different leading uh, uh, way. I mean, a way of of leading. My way is really leading by example. Uh, it means that when there is something to do, I always try to do you know every task, like every single stuff that my team can do. I I try to do it. Um, I, I I used to say that there is no job for beginners or no job for principal or no job for seniors or whatever. There is just stuff to do, and then you know we split the work and we have we just do everything. Sometimes I do things which are very simple. It's all good. Sometimes I do things which are very complicated that's all good as well um, but trying to do every single stuff that your team is doing um, it's as well understanding you know how the processes are working and how you can improve them uh, one of the role mm -hmm. of a principle is basically to remove barriers to remove things that you know are not working to make things more simple for everyone make it straightforward and if you haven't done the things how do you know you know if it's complicated how do you understand what you can simplify you can't at least that's my philosophy so um, i've been doing that a lot of time i've been doing it like a lot of time as well when i was in marketing you know even doing like very simple not simple uh, but but tasks which are repetitive and stuff like that to be able to simplify things and and that's how you know i like i like uh, to lead um mm -hmm. um and, and a time when you had, like, for example, uh, something difficult? Yes, if we are all humans, so we all make mistakes. Um, and I made mistakes, you know, and, and it's, it's somehow, you know, it's okay. That's how you learn. Um, what you have to keep in mind, you know, is it's like uh, it's never too late to apologize. Um, if you mm -hmm. do something wrong, you know, just say sorry. Um and and that's the minimum that 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 you can do. Um, be re be very respectful and inclusive. If someone is saying something, asking a question, it's most likely because something was not clear for this person. Maybe there is a different way of seeing the point of view. Um, and and that as well something that 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 is super important. I'm I'm really trying to make it. Um, I'm you know I'm not perfect again. I'm sure I'm making mistakes, but at least I'm really trying. I'm really trying that. I, I used to say that that there is no stupid questions; there are only stupid answers. So when when people are asking something, um, the only person or asking me something, the only person who can look stupid is not the person who is asking the question. It's me answering the question. So so when you know when 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 people are, are a bit scared of asking questions, I, I I just say this this sentence. You may see it as a joke, but it's more to encourage them to really ask questions and 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 stuff like that. And and if you put an environment where it's it's free, you know, people feel free to ask questions, to challenge in a in a in a, in a constructive way uh, what has been doing, then you really reduce a lot, you know, the um, the issue you may have um, in terms of communication, interpersonal co um, communication. And and again, I've, I I love soft skills. I've been doing a lot of things on. Lego size play and stuff like that. Um, um, when you apply, you know those very basic principles and active listening, um, you reduce really the, um, the amount of of, um, of of problems you can have uh, uh, in a team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you for for this amazing vision. Uh, we have some some minutes uh, left, so let's let's focus on two key areas of management. The first mm -hmm. one is. Uh, data is everywhere, right? Right now, we are 
uh, tend to be uh, data-driven to make data-informed decisions. So yeah. what are the pitfalls of overlay of relying on hard data when making important decisions? Uh, so yes, so data are super important. They are, they are critical. Uh, now you have to, to keep a few things in mind. Um, data needs to be clean and, and you need to measure them correctly because otherwise, you know, if, if, um, if you are trying to measure something that is green and the sensor says it's red and you fully trust the sensors, um, and what the color, the target color that you want to achieve is red, then, you know, your process is not good. And you'll say, but the data says it's red, then it's red. No, no, it's actually green. So you mm -hmm. really have to make sure that, you know, this, this chain of measurement is good and the data are clean. And this is what is really, I mean, this is the very, very first point. Then, you know, I'm coming from the marketing side and people have been using studies uh, in general as data. And this is very wrong, you know. Uh, the reason is, is, is studies have been invented to do external communication because if a company says, I have the best product of the world, no one is trusting in the company. Now, if the company says, we've done a survey with a thousand customers and they all say we have the best product in the world, they gain credibility. So surveys have been done for that. So never take any surveys, never take any of this data for granted. It's interesting to keep in mind when you have other hard data, again, clean ones and, and, and ones which, which, which you are measuring correctly. Um, that can give you, you know, some ideas, but but never, you know, use the soft uh, data as as you will use the hard data. Uh, that's that's mm -hmm. very important to to keep in mind. Um, the other thing is that if your data are not clean, clean them, find ways, um, remove the bias. Um, uh, always, you know, try try to find ways to 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 have as clean data as as possible. And there is a last point that sometimes people are, are missing about data is sometimes data kill the creativity. You know, what about creativity? What if we do something totally different? What if we go crazy, you know? Let's forget about the, this data. Let's try something, okay? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's totally good. Agree with you. Yeah, sometimes, you know, it's good to say, to put the data about, say, yeah, okay, the system says that we have those kind of weird studies saying that as well, but who cares, you know, at some point, Let's try that. Let's be bold. Let's put the data aside. Let's go crazy. Let's build a system. Let's measure the result of the new system we will create. Let's use data to validate that our craziness is the right one moving forward. That's clear. But sometimes, you know, let's let's go out of the box, let's things out of the box, and let's then introduce the data when we create this new stuff to validate that this crazy idea is, is, is a good one when when you'll get, you know, something a bit, a bit out uh, in the market. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you for for this masterclass on data, uh, Lauren. Now, uh, briefly, briefly, <laughs> thank you. Now, briefly, uh, let's let's go through what team KPIs and OKRs does your team observe or pay attention to. Yeah. Like we can go. Okay, so. Through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my team is mainly doing co-engineering with customers. So we are really end-to-end -end with customers and we are co-creating product for the customers. At the end of the day, for us, the most important stuff is that uh, the customer is happy uh, with the solution we are building. Uh, they've been learning a lot. We've been learning a lot as well. And what we've been, we've been doing with them goes into production. And that's what is really important for us. Um, so the rest... Is basically linked to that and to achieve that well we need to have good uh, architecture we need to have a uh, good uh, code we need to have a uh, uh, good architecture uh, we have to have like a lot of good stuff you know we have to have like a ci cd we need to have tests we need to have a lot of things and all those ones are kpis it's complicated you know to put numbers on that what is good code well i don't know um, I mean, I kind of know now with a bit of experience, but we still can debate, you know, for years about that. That's uh, mm -hmm. um, that's not the that's not the point. So those are more the KPIs. So what what we really pay attention to is really the impact that we are driving, uh, both internally. Uh, we do have uh, engagement where we have direct contact with the engineering teams. They are uh, they may you know even change. 
um, some of the product feature and product features, things like that, you know, and, and we pay a lot of attention as well to the feedback we are, we are giving to them. Um, some of the work we are doing as well is going to be open sourced. I gave you the example of the work we've been doing with uh, with AXA IM, for example. So mm-hmm. all that, you know, it's it's around the, the the main goal, which is basically this customer satisfaction with a great solution and something that goes in production. All the rest is just there to make a bit of noise and we don't really have any numbers there. And I would say like, we don't even have numbers, you know, to, to qualify the satisfaction or that which goes in productions. It's uh, it's more like um, what we have to follow as, as, as a roadmap and we keep the rest in mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's great, uh, Laurent. Uh, I think with with all all of these, all of our listeners will have already a good knowledge of uh, management. Now uh, we are approaching the last part of the podcast, yeah. so we have just uh, more couple of questions. Uh, the first one will be: What uh, what key lessons you learn in engineering field that you hold on to and use? <laughs> okay. Um, you know the expression RTFM? No, it's, please. No, it means read the manual. So read the fucking manual in short. It's it's uh, it's it's something I've been learning over time in engineering. It's like yes, read the docs, read the instruction. They may not be perfect, but you will learn a lot of things. Start with that. Start by understanding the stuff. Um, even if you are not a specialist, you know. Um, and and if the doc is wrong, if it's on GitHub, you know, correct it, help, contribute, help others. But read read the manual, uh, read uh, read a lot of things first, and and then you know, then try play with that, um, learn, experiment, do your own stuff, do your own own um, own POC proof of concept and, and things like that. But yeah, read the manual. That's the one I will keep if I have just one to keep. Perfect. Thank you. Please to everybody. RTFM. <laughs> Perfect. Now uh, we have the two last questions. First, yep. thank you for this magnificent class about principle and changing a little bit topic. We are right now in a world that is looking for a diverse workforce, right? Yeah. Because this can capture a greater share of the consumer market and be more inclusive. At yeah. Global, we advocate diversity. What will you do to increase diversity? Yeah, I first fully agree with you. And uh, as stated in the intro, I've been working a lot on diversity and inclusion um, because for me, it's extremely important to have a maximum number of point of view and you know not only in engineering in marketing in everywhere for the reason you explain and uh, and that's that's something which is um, important and i stated it already previously in in the discussion a principle should always be respectful and, and inclusive and you know we all have our biases we all um well you know, and it's normal. It's the way the, the the brain is working. But we have to go over them. We have we have to embrace those biases somehow. And you know, don't judge the people. Take take the questions. Trying to understand. Trying to to take different point of view and say like, hey, and what if you know this is changing? Um, um, those Lego workshops on diversity and inclusion have been building. Have been have been great because that really drove you know those kind of conversations that really help people to understand the framework on on how you can be more more inclusive because at the end of the day it's it's really about that um and what diversity can bring um and it's about you know explaining the framework and having more listening and having more understanding of that understanding you know what it takes to uh, um to have courage to to jump in a situation where you see something not very inclusive to to but as well like being you know more more inclusive by asking more questions to people than making sure that everyone at the time to give a feedback that taking care of all the feedbacks and 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 so on so um and again for me principal have, have a key role to play here they should not be in their ivory tower they should really be with everyone in the middle of everyone and 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 listening being inclusive 
um, in, in all point of view. So yeah, thank you for the question. No, thank you for clarifying all of these. And please uh, tell us where to, to follow you so, so we can uh, know about these uh, workshops, open workshops. Absolutely, yes, yes, yes. Perfect. And now the very last question. <laughs> I think all of our listeners are, are also uh, will be very happy with this question. What will you recommend or say to any person that wants to start in engineering? Ah, good question. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I mean, first, I love engineering since I'm, I'm very little. I, I love all kinds of sciences. So I would say like, engineering is great. You have a lot of engineering, you know, not, not just IT. It's, it's very wide. So it's unlimited field. It's growing from day to day. You know, every day we think we found something new as a technology. There is a new one coming, something, you know, even better. And it's a growing field. So, Uh, there are tons of things to invent, tons of product to create. So it's great field. It's it's really great. Um, mm -hmm. That's the first thing. Just go for it. It's passionate. Um, and whoever you are, you know, like like even if you are not good in math or in physics or whatever, it does not matter. You have engineering field that does not need that. You just need to be logical. You, 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 there are a lot of things. Um, um, do you? Uh, something as well you know when you when you start to have like like let's say experience that is more than 20 years uh, not necessarily in the same company like me but if you never want to get old um it's always be curious you know uh always try to learn from the new ones that's already what i've explained a bit like you know you have new people coming in your team new generation work with them you know um uh, if you never want to get old in coding always code and always code with you know, with the younger ones so Um, always be curious. O always, always uh, go for the new things. Always take risks uh, with new technologies. Sometimes it will work. Sometimes it may not. But you will learn something, and then you know the next time will be even better. So go for those challenges, and um, and I think that that's about it. In short, you know, like the engineering is great. Um, always. Always continue to, to, to code if, if, if you are coding or always continue to, to go for the new technology, whatever engineering field you are in, and be curious. Uh, that's the mm -hmm. thing that... Um, that Thank you. Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup, Laurent. I think uh, we had a, a beautiful session today with many, many insights, many, many learnings. Thank you again, Laurent, for being with us and sharing this amazing experience. Uh, looking forward to sharing with you. If any time you come uh, by Barcelona, just just uh, let me know. Maybe we can create a Lego workshop uh, for Barcelona people. Absolutely. And thank you. Uh, and for our listeners, thank you for attending this podcast. Please stay tuned for future guests. My show, this is... 